everyone, and thanks for joining us on this episode of Swim Upstream, a podcast devoted to engineering team leads and dev tool enthusiasts. I'm Tom, co-founder of Swim, and today we're talking with Asaf Cohen. Asaf is a senior technical instructor at Amazon Web Service with years of experience as a network engineer and a training manager. We have about 15 minutes and lots of questions. Let's see what we can cover. Hi, Asaf. We're excited to have you on. Thanks for coming to speak with me today. Thank you for having me. So, um, Asaf, at Swim, we take our coffee very seriously, uh, probably too much. Uh, so to start things off, I would love to hear how you take your coffee in the morning. So I think I'm already on the losing team here because um, I don't really drink coffee. I don't really, really drink anything hot for that matter. But I do realize that puts me at a massive social disadvantage because coffee is like the global uh, welcoming welcoming thing. And so what I normally do is I just grab the, ne- the nearest cup of coffee I can find when I'm talking to customers or colleagues. And I just hold on to it until I can find my next bottle of water. So I apologize to all the coffee enthusiasts in the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> but we exist as well. <laughs> we we accept that apology. That's fine. And if you're looking for cold drinks, uh, you can uh, uh, think about uh, cold coffee, uh, iced coffee, and so on. And and that's all about coffee for this session. <laughs> um, so um, uh, I, I'd also like to ask that this uh, past year and a half has been mostly focused on adjusting uh, to the realities of, of COVID nineteen. And yeah, uh, I'd love to hear what's one thing you learned to live without that surprised you since this pandemic began well i've been i've been in the training industry for pretty much the last decade and i've been mostly training overseas so if throw a dart at the map and I've probably either been there or somewhere close. Uh, so I found myself on an airplane probably anywhere, be- anywhere between once or twice a month. And ever since this pandemic came in, um, we, I haven't been flying. So the last time I was actually overseas was during an AWS uh, convention in j- at January in Chicago, which is a story by its own right. By, but uh, so that's something that I... You know, I found myself that even though I've done this so many times, I don't really miss it. I'm good with staying here for now. Yeah, uh, I think you're not alone in that. Um, <laughs> and and it, it's it's yet to be seen how many of those uh, opportunities to fly will return and, and how uh, many of those won't. Um, yeah. Okay, so Asaf, please, please describe what you do and try doing that without using your title. Ooh. All right, so let's try and put it this way. I um I educate and teach people about use cases and best practices as they consume services that run on someone else's computer. How about that? Yeah, that <laughs> <laughs> that sounds good. Um okay, and um what what are the main things that you train them on? Like uh, focus areas for training. So um, AWS has a training and certification uh, division that covers uh, a wide variety of subjects, anywhere from architecting through developing DevOps, security, containers, um, security, financial operations. So we cover a lot of ground and every trainer uh, specializes, every trainer, every trainer has to have a solid base on most of these topics. But at the end of the day, most trainers pick their own special uh, speciality and train uh, at those areas. So I cover 
quite a large area of those um, of those subjects. So I'm very diverse in that sense. So is it challenging, uh, 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 apart from um, discussing or teaching uh, skills and knowledge, uh, do you also uh, have to educate developers on uh, how to use the different tools and, and being aware of, of, of the tools that uh, you focus on? I would probably say most of my customers are developers, and I see that I see that as a mission, right? Because developers today, I mean, just in general, everything is so fast tracked, right? Everything is you have a problem, you stack or overflow it until it bends to your will, and and then you find a solution. You don't really care how someone got there or what was the journey uh, that led to that solution, and that's exactly where I see myself and where I see our team uh, kind of, you know weave our way weave our way into this because it's our job to to educate those developers to teach them more about what other possibilities there are there you know what are some of the use cases what are some of the best practices there are a lot of anti patterns out there and a lot of companies you know it's everything everything goes um i mean once a developer does something if a new if a new developer joins the senior developer is going to teach the, the, the new developer that this is how it's done. This is how you should do this. And that's, you know, a lot of the time, a lot of times this really narrows down the point of view of a developer. So it's our job to, the way I see it is our job to empower the employee by showing them there are multiple ways of achieving something. It's not a question of can I do this, but rather a question of what is the best way to do this? So there's a lot of material to be to be learned out there. And it, 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 are are things different now? Do developers need to uh, to understand their infrastructure more than they did in the past? Absolutely. So if in the past organizations worked in a way where you know some sort of senior management or mid to senior management used to decide on a product and just kind of give it to their developers and here this is what you need to use from now on, now it's kind of like a shared response, shared responsibilities. Things are being built from the ground up rather from the top to bottom. Um, developers today, and not just, not just developers. I mean, developers, sure, but also DevOps engineers and IT and security and QA. People in these positions are now faced with a massive ecosystem of tools and services that they can use. And they now have the freedom to choose, right? Uh, and and it's under the, and it falls under their responsibility to use those tools. Now, one of the biggest advantages specifically with AWS the way I see it is that a lot of, a lot of these services are what we call managed services, which means that they're purposely built to do something very specific. So, just just by using um a managed service, you you're already shielding yourself uh from misbehaving, right? You're already shielding yourself with doing something that you're not supposed to do because part of that, part of that shared responsibility model means that even though we're responsible for maintaining all the services and all the infrastructure and the data centers and everything else, you're still responsible as the customer. You're still responsible for configuring your services correctly and engaging with them correctly and um, creating an application that at the end of the day is considered secure from end to end. So it sounds like uh, there are two things that help uh, 
with changing the behavior of the people that you train, right? So there's the uh, education part, right? Understanding their responsibility uh, and because things were cha- are different than what they were before. And the other part is the tools themselves uh, that uh, help to uh, to enforce uh, new best practices. Uh, would you say that's correct? Definitely. So right now, when I speak to when I speak to developers and DevOps engineers, I always tell them, "Look, we can you can add additional steps and additional security measures and additional testing to pretty much every step in your pipeline, right? I can do I can do whatever I want at, at this point, but that doesn't negate the fact that you still need to." Uh, to educate the people themselves, you know, to have protocols in place, to have a good understanding of what this product does, how it does it, what are we supposed to do if something bad happens? I always challenge my customers and I tell them, you know, imagine, imagine if something happens in the middle of the night, right? Imagine you get a phone call in the middle of the night and something crashes. What do you do? It's, it's your job. You know, it's your job to fix it. You need to have at least some sort of answer to that, um, to that question. Your responsibility doesn't end when you push your code into whatever, whatever code repository, uh, you're using. So yeah, it's definitely about educating developers to, um, to have a wider range of view when it comes to deploying and, and operating their applications. And have you seen any interesting ways where the, um, DevOps uh, infrastructure, uh, continuous integration tools are actually used to enforce uh, best practices where, you know, education is not enough? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we always say with AWS that, you know, security is job zero, right? So if education is not enough, as a cloud provider, as a cloud platform, there are many tools that you can use now that are both, that are both preventive and, um, uh, you know, detective, I would say. So from, from a preventive point of view, you now have the ability to automate the process of creating accounts for adding all kinds of policies that could prevent certain people from performing certain actions. So, so for example, if I have uh, an AWS account meant for developers who only deal with the test environment, then the people in, those, in that account will never be able to deploy anything to the production environment. But if that's not enough, we also have detective measures. So there are a lot of, there are a lot of different tools in AWS, like AWS config and others that are always scanning your account, um, based on rules that you defined as the security officer or as the team leader or whoever you are. And the findings are always reported. And they can also be um, automatically remediated. So just as an example to, to kind of solidify the idea. So for example, if I'm a security officer and I decided that we are not allowed to have any unencrypted um, hard drives, on, on any unencrypted EBS volumes to our EC2 instances, then that's something that I can catch online. And if that happens, I can make a decision of what I want to do with it. So I can either send a message or pop into the Slack channel of that developer, or I can just take action and, you know, turn off or delete that volume and prevent, uh, prevent this from, from going on too, too long. So yes, there are many, there, there's a whole ecosystem around uh, dealing with these incidents. Absolutely. So it sounds like there's educating and there's uh, putting limitations uh, so uh, users won't uh, do things they're not allowed to do or 
um, uh, are forced to do things that they must do. Um, are there any tools or dashboards that you see that help to uh, increase a sense of responsibility, um, like innate responsibility? Yeah, there. I mean, again, it's it's divided between the education part and the practical part. So, from an educational point of view, we always talk. There's something in AWS called the shared shared responsibility model. It's a model that kind of draws a line in the sand that dictates what is under the cloud provider responsibility, as we are responsible of the cloud, while customers are responsible in the cloud. So, it talks a lot again a lot of about a lot of best practices and what you can do or cannot do or how you should do things. But, you know, in reality, we understand that sometimes things, do, things don't work, <laughs> uh, just, uh, just like they do in theory. So yeah, there are so many, there are so many tools, um, that, that people can use, uh, whether it's, as I said, whether it's reporting tools or detective tools or prevention tools that will always, uh, at different levels, right? Will scan what's happening in your account and then either report or, um, or automatically remediate it. Whether it's from, um, at the network level, the, the code level, you know, the service level or the account level. So you can, but you know, I have to say that at some point, you have to find balance, right? You have to find balance between, between allowing a developer or, or a DevOps engineer to do their job. And also have enough uh, guardrails, I would say, to to make sure that everything is safe. And I've learned over the years that this middle ground, this balance, is very different for a lot of companies. So it will be very different for a startup of five people, and for an enterprise of five thousand people. Uh, so it's an it's an evolution, right? It's an evolution that happens over time. Okay, uh, so uh, with that thought, uh, thank you very much. Uh, that's, that's all we have uh, time for today. Asaf, thank you uh, for coming on today. Thank you for having me. Bye-bye. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in, and I hope you join us for our next episode. To find additional episodes and full transcripts, or if you'd like to be a guest on our show, find us on our community page at swim.io. Bye for now. Bye for now.